While the holiday season may be over, the sports calendar is in full swing. That's a swing. From collegiate to professional sports, there's no shortage of action, and there's no better place to get in on all of this action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you doing? To celebrate this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend, and if your team wins, you cash $100. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has tipped off so head to the app store now check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts DraftKings is safe secure and reliable making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, Broncos country. This is George Payton, and I'm excited to be the general manager of the Denver Broncos. With a great fan base and winning tradition, Me and my family are fired up to join the Denver community. Look forward to getting to work and seeing you soon. Thank you. Hey, everybody. All right. Good job. You're here. That's Good Broncos Podcast. We got a new general manager here in Denver, George Payton. Uh, I would say his first order of business is to demand that he be called Patton and he demand that every player and or coach in their press conference by throwing up the peace sign just as he did in his opening remarks as New Broncos GM. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. We actually have some some big news to, to dive into today. Uh, today's podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. So use code DNVR when you sign up to take advantage of their can't-miss offers. And also, Will, I've got a—I made a huge announcement today on my main YouTube channel. That's good sports. I said that if I get 500 new Patreon subscribers, so this affects both of us. If I get mm-hmm. 500 new ones by the end of January, I will let my wife give me a mullet and I will live stream it happening. So, so far we've got about four new ones. <laughs> we're, we're close. We're just to start. Uh, 495 new patrons away. The goal is 1,203 patrons by the end of January. Uh, I just, I really need a haircut and I, uh, somebody said I should shave a mullet and I was like, well, I'm not going to do that unless I can capitalize on it financially. Good call. I like the, I like the business instincts there. I too need a haircut. Um, 
should be able to get one soon. I think they're opening back up, but does your wife have any experience giving mullets or would this just be, you know, kind of a, uh, shot in the dark here? Yeah. She's, she, she tells me she can cut hair, but she's never done it. So, uh, seems like one of those things where it, you know, everybody has confidence going into it and they figure out like two minutes in, it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. No, I'm prepared to go very prepared to go buzzed, buzzed up top and then just leave, leave it all. Maybe some zigzags on the side. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you guys heard it. Just 496 patrons to go. Yep. Um, but all right, we've got a lot to dive into today. I'll have uh, an interview coming up another uh, round with Dan Mitchell from Bills Mafia tomorrow. Talk some more Bills. Uh, today, though, I wasn't sure we were going to get a new GM today, but luckily we record and post these on Wednesdays and the Broncos were like, this is the time to do it. These guys are going to bring out the info that nobody else does. So George Patton, Peyton, damn it, this is going to be Peyton. this is going to be an. He, here's what he's got to do. He, he's he either has to lean into being George Patton and add an extra T, or he's got to be George Peyton and he's got to insert a Y into there. Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the half measure. No, here's the thing too. It's there's too many ways to say uh, spell Peyton. You can spell it P-E-Y-T-O-N, P-A-Y-T-O-N, and now P-A-T-O-N. Like, what like the, what kind of rules are we living by in this? No wonder, no wonder this standards. country is so divided. We can't even agree on how to spell a simple fucking name. And we're, we're supposed to expect our elected leaders to unify us? Hmm. Ah. So, I mean, someone uh, in the comments spelled your name P-U-R-N-A, which would yeah, be like, dick. might be a good name for your cat, but it, uh, other than that, it's, it's really not that hard to spell. Yeah, that was from the uh, Wildcard Weekend recap video, <laughs> and the guy was just like, I've uh, been watching this channel for a long time, <laughs> the writing's gotten worse. This was the least funny episode I've seen of Perna's spelled P-U-R-N-A. Something just really attacked our writing. Uh, yeah, appreciate you know, it. It's a video we brought in Adam from Five Points. We had Tom Grassi. We had Urinating Tree. And uh, that's that's the video the guy decides to shit on. Said there was no comedy in there. And honestly, I thought there were a couple good bits. I thought uh, the young Sheldon explains things were, were funny. Um, I thought Tom Grassi was really funny. I thought urinating tree uh, just being completely devastated about his Steelers having their asses handed to him. Funny. Uh, oh, it's great. It, it, Peter, sorry, not Patriots fans, the, the, them too, but Steelers fans are really treating this like the end of the world. Yeah. They're about to and get. It's really nice because they haven't bottomed out in so so long, and they no. kind of, they like we don't talk about how like charmed their existence is. Yeah, they're all <laughs> a, a like a historically great franchise who's been good since the fucking seventies. <laughs> yeah, they hit they hit like one lull, and it was. 
at the end of the Chuck Knoll era, right before Bill Cowher came in and uh, took them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. In the nineties. They, uh, they have, they've been good. They have six Super Bowl wins, right? Um, yep. Was the Cardinals won? That was still the that was before the 2010s. Okay, so they lost. A, they lost. Yeah, they lost after the, the 2010s to Aaron Rodgers, but they they got two in the the aughts, right? Yep. Twenty aughts. Yeah. Yeah. Refs gave them Super Bowl 40. Yeah, so they've like if I felt the same way about the Steelers as I do the Patriots, this would this would feel really, really good. Um I don't like Ben Roethlisberger, so seeing him cry I thought was very funny. And uh you can call me a child for laughing at a grown man crying. Well, I think it just depends on the person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um Blake Bortle sheds a tear. Uh, and I will shed a tear too in solidarity. Ben Roethlisberger starts crying. Uh, I will point and laugh at him. Paxton Lynch starts crying on the sideline, and I'll I'll start crying for a different reason. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Today we explore all the reasons men cry. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's I mean this Ben played a just a horrific game too in the playoffs. Awful, just. Yeah. Awful. It was so. Before we talk about George, Georgie here, our boy Georgie. Uh, when you saw the okay, so I missed the opening play for the Steelers. I did too. I did too. I came in at like fourteen thirty. I was okay. like, I'm fine. Nothing's gonna happen. I was wrong. We uh we were sitting down to eat dinner. We've got a baby going. You know, my wife had like some cartoon singing shit on for the baby and she tried to pull a fast one on me and sneak over to jeopardy because we like to watch jeopardy oh, when no. dinner's on i was like nah us. not on a sunday like there's playoff football on we go to it i see it's like 14 30 i did not see that the score was already seven to zero and there was a kickoff happening and i was i started to get confused i was like wait why are they kicking off and 20 seconds has already happened, not realizing there was points on the board. And then and then, it, then I saw what happened. I got on Twitter for clarity <laughs> because, yeah. uh, you know, there's just a lot going on. And I was like, oh, shit. We've seen this before. We have seen this before. And I legitimately, uh, as much as I wanted to see the Browns win, I just uh, I automatically just felt bad for Steelers fans because <laughs> the worst feeling is when you're in a big game and the first play is a complete yeah. disaster. Like it just made me remember that happening to the Broncos and uh, just trying to justify that things were going to be okay from the first play. Not a fun place to be in as a football fan. It brought back yeah brought back a lot of trauma i think that i had almost successfully repressed about that game um theirs was a touchdown ours yeah, was a safety worse. however uh ours was in the super bowl worse theirs was in the wild card round with no fans or anything theirs was against the cleveland browns ours was against probably one of, one of the best teams in the last 10 years uh so yep. you can you know you can you can debate which one was worse. Yeah. I think ours was worse. 
because I was uh, a part of it. I, I still like have this weird feeling about that game where it just feels like such a blur and it didn't even feel real because it's like, when does this game start? When does the nightmare end and when does the game actually yeah. start? That's uh, the but, most. So we know how you, we know how you feel Steelers fans. The most I drank after a game was after, after <laughs> that Seahawks one. So um, yeah, I, I tried to forget it. I haven't rewatched any of that Super Bowl, but Somebody said that uh, the the Tebow loss was worse for them as a Steelers fan than uh, this one to the Browns. So, uh, yeah, that, that's I can understand that. That must have been really embarrassing. I think. Yeah. Uh, the Browns, like, there's you know they're an eleven and five team. Yep. They're the Browns, but they were eleven and five, and they've been good this year. So. Yeah, and I think but they apparently even- they're about to get clapped. Yeah, I, I think in a weird way they uh, they benefited from not just being an underdog in this game, but being such a huge underdog without their coach there that uh, they were just Zero expectations. To, to, to play a, a good game. And thank God they got that 28-point lead because <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it got chipped away at uh, like, like a uh, – I don't know, some sort of really fast working sculptor making a work of art that eventually would crumble because he chipped just a little too much. Like like Michelangelo's David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He accidentally, dick. at the very end, instead of completing it, he just chips off the, the, the dick. Just yeah. Boom. Oh. Maybe, do you think the penis was originally supposed to be bigger and then he actually chipped off like a couple inches at the end and he's like, oh, well. Nope. I, I just, just like to assume that's penis. what a big penis is. <laughs> you know how like people in general were just smaller back then? Yeah. Uh, Everything was smaller. <laughs> you think yeah, you think penises were just smaller too? And he was depicting like a one of the larger penises at the time. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah. That one All right. That was better. uh the Renaissance 101. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right, here, I'm going to give you guys the information you want about this new Broncos GM. Okay, they're finalizing a six-year deal with George Payton Patton. Uh, Tom Pelissero says, Payton is one of the most universally respected personnel men in the NFL. Good sign for the Broncos. Uh, He spent 11 years with the Vikings as their assistant general manager. So basically the, the Dwight Schrute of the Vikings. 15 of the Vikings draft picks while he was there have turned into pro bowlers. Since 2009, the Broncos have had seven. And I will confirm that he was personally responsible, was most responsible for those 15 specifically. Um, mm-hmm. But the other ones, not at all. He didn't want any of the guys who were not pro bowlers for the Vikings. No. Uh, They have drafted a first-round quarterback twice, Christian Ponder. Uh, That's not something you want to brag about. He Uh, was not involved. Not involved with that. He did grab Teddy Bridgewater, low-key, good signing. That was at the end of the first round. Yeah, that was Later in the draft, uh, you know, an injury. Maybe Teddy's still a Viking. Traded a first-round pick for quarterback Sam Bradford. Uh... They were okay. They were in a, to be fair. They were in a tough spot. 
Teddy Bridgewater just shattered his uh, leg, essentially. Yep. He almost got Alex Smith there. Um, that was a team that had made the playoffs the year before. He was being aggressive and had to make a move, had to get a quarterback. Sam Bradford was not bad in Minnesota. It was safe. Sam Bradford's like bad. the – He had to go for it. The the one – he's one of the, like, the most uh, interesting quarterbacks to think about, like, what happens if he just stays healthy as a QB. Like, a guy – he tore his ACL, what, twice? He, he just was – he always got hurt. Yep. Um, anyway, also acquired – Brett Favre via free agency, Kirk Cousins, who some people don't want to use Kirk Cousins as a positive example here, but guess who wanted Kirk Cousins? The Broncos. And guess who didn't even get a chance to sniff Kirk Cousins? The Broncos, because the Vikings got him and Kirk Cousins way better signing than Case Keenum. I don't understand how, I really don't understand the Kirk Cousins hate. Like it's fun to make fun of him and He's had trouble in, in primetime games, no doubt about it. But when you look at the stats, like, okay, this is a guy who threw 35 touchdowns to 13 interceptions yeah. last year. Imagine if those like, were if, he put, if you drop him off in, like, year. yeah, <laughs> if you drop him off in, like, 2007, he's the MVP. Yeah. Like, think about it like this. Jared Goff right now is in the playoffs behind 20 touchdowns and 13 picks. Yeah. Right? Right. So Cousins did 15 more tutties than that. <laughs> Plus, the Vikings had a good running game. Like, um, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? Not really, but it's a solid. It was an improvement. It yeah hurt. The Vikings. You, I mean, do you want him to stick with Case Keenum or uh, wait and take like take a quarterback at the end of the first round because they were picking like 29. Or 30th that year. They could have what they could have drafted Lamar Jackson. Was that that year? They could have, yeah. I think they could have drafted Lamar Jackson. Maybe. Yeah. That would have been the that would have been the move. I'm I think Peyton probably was about to do that, and then someone like you know, Rick Spielman or Mike Zimmer probably talked him out of it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's like it. Okay, there's there's two big things I want to talk about with this. And one is what this means for Drew Locke, because I think it right. really it really muddies the waters on what the Broncos will do at the quarterback position. But also, like he was the assistant general manager with Minnesota, and he is highly regarded, but like we don't know how much he had to do with anything the Vikings did on their best or worst personnel decisions, right? That's something maybe the Broncos get out of him in in interview situations. Those are closed door sort of conversations that we'll never really have access to unless he opens himself up to saying like, in his his introductory press conference, like I made some mistakes in Minnesota. I did these things. Christian Ponder. Yeah. Yeah. But I also did this. I've learned, like, we're never going to know, like, how good he is or isn't right now. What we'll be able to base that on is what he does for the Broncos. And he's going to get a chance to start making a significant impact, it seems like, right away. And what maybe we'll learn, I don't think we'll learn anything about where he stands with Drew Locke uh, next week in his press conference. Because, like, why would he reveal that? If he did reveal something, I would be a little nervous, but um, <laughs> yeah, 
We it de- everything depends on what he thinks about Drew Locke because he probably has the freedom right now to say he wants to pursue a free agent or maybe target a guy in the draft or maybe pursue a free agent to back up Drew Locke if you think that's what you need and give Locke uh, you know, another year before he really makes a decision on, on what to do there. So before with John Elway, I thought the Broncos probably would 100% lean on rolling with Drew Locke this season. Now I would say, I don't know. I have no clue what they're going to do. I think it, he probably, my guess would be he's kind of going to read and react to how the off season plays out. If yeah, let's see what you have to a do, quarterback right? that may or may not come available comes available, that changes the picture. Uh, if quarterbacks like that don't, you know, they don't hit the open market, or a quarterback that he likes in the draft doesn't slip to number nine or wherever they end up drafting, then you stick with Locke. It's yeah. it's just it's still a bunch of variability. It's I think it's dumb to say with a guy like Drew Locke who wasn't bad enough uh, and isn't experienced enough to just straight up get rid of him. It's not like a Paxton Lynch situation where, you know, he's going to get cut. He's so bad. He gets cut in the preseason. Like that's never going to happen. It's all about uh, it's all about the possibilities and it's about what other teams do really. Yeah. Unless, you know, you like someone so much that you trade up to get him in the draft. Right. Um, Possibility. The Paxton Lynch thing, I just wanted to mention, Andrew Mason had a really funny tweet. Did you see it about Paxton Lynch? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and it, like, I don't know, this is probably about as much, I feel like, shit talking as you'll, you'll get out of Andrew Mason. But he posted this photo of this, uh, uh, the Broncos, their uh, training facility room, the back wall where you like walk out of the facility, there's a football mark really high up on the ceiling and apparently it's from a uh just a terrible paxton lynch throw <laughs> that the the marks like still there and like mason recited when it happened uh and just as an example of how bad paxton lynch could be at throwing the football sometimes um so yeah drew lock's not that guy and somebody we're gonna have on to talk about drew lock with is tim jenkins uh, who posted a video about Drew Locke, went through some of Drew Locke's tape, and this was a video I suggested, so I am patting myself on the back here. But he was pointing out some of the things Drew Locke progressively got better at doing through this season. It's worth checking out, I think, if you're scared of, of Drew Locke uh, and saying, like, he can't get better, because I think he can, but... Again, what we're going to find out is what somebody who didn't draft Drew Locke, somebody who's not part of the organization thinks of him, and somebody who might be given some reign to go after feasibly anybody that he wants. And he wasn't running for the Detroit Lions GM position. So my guess is that he decided to say no to Detroit because he would just bring Matthew Stafford to Denver. Interesting. Uh, he, you, you know, he could have joined no. the Lions and 
merely kept Stafford, no, who's no, no. currently that'd on be, the roster. That'd be too easy. That would be too easy. Let's <laughs> give himself a challenge. Played against Matthew Stafford, or he, he didn't play against him, but he was in the same division. So if somebody's going to have a good read on him. He general managed against him. He general managed, he assistant general managed yeah. against Matthew Stafford, Will. Uh, <laughs> it's like he was there on the field already. Um, oh, this one, one I forgot. Okay, two things I forgot. One, he successfully traded Stefan Diggs and then drafted Je- Justin Jefferson. Ball right there. That is a great move. That, that was a great move. Also, brought in Yannick Ngakwe. Realized nothing was fixing that Vikings defense. Traded Yannick Ngakwe. Basically got everything he gave up to get Yannick Ngakwe back. Boom. I love I love that move. Yes, I do too. That's I- like something you only see in the NBA or the MLB. But for some reason, uh, just the front office guys don't think like that in the NFL yet. And it's unclear why. But I, I, I just like that. I, I like the creativity and the ability to be like, all right, it's not happening this year. Um, even though we just got this guy, like, let's flip him to a team that's uh, on the verge of contention that's going to give up um, just as much or, or, or more to get this guy in the middle of the season. And uh, we come out either breaking even or with yeah. a little profit. Yeah, because the thing with Yannick was going to be they would have to re-sign him at the end of the year to a long-term deal, all that shit, right? And, like, I tweeted about this, and this is my fault because a lot of my tweets are sarcastic jabs about shit. But, I was like, I was genuinely serious about uh, being impressed by this move that he made during the season. I believe we talked about it before some point on this podcast. But, uh, yeah, you like a guy who – and again, we don't know if this was his idea, if this was all him, where it came from, but let's just assume it was uh, that they can maybe correct mistakes before they become mistakes. And they're willing to be creative and do things that aren't going to maybe hurt your team in the long run or even give your team like just a better chance to maybe wiggle around that season to do something. So, Maybe before the trade deadline, Broncos are a little bit more interesting of a team next year, knowing that there's this kind of open-mindedness or flexibility. Right. Um, So it would have been like if, if Gerald Casey had stayed healthy, mm -hmm. but the team was still like, uh, like three and six and they flipped Gerald Casey to the Packers, a team that, yeah, a team that needed him, the Packers and got like a fifth round pick for a seventh round investment. And they would have, like, it would also, Darrell Casey's contract would have been up at the end of this season. And in order to keep him, the Broncos, you know, we're going to have to pay him money. They weren't going to pay him anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's all that. But um, yeah, those are, it's, the Broncos have a GM, which is good. You got to have one of those. Um, you need one. You need them. And there's deci- there's going to be, outside of Drew Locke, He's going to have to figure out what he's going to do with Kareem Jackson, Von Miller, uh, Jarrell Casey. You've got unrestricted free agents, Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Demarcus Walker, Will Parks, 
Demar Dotson, Elijah Wilkinson, and then restricted free agents: Philip Lindsay, AJ Johnson, Tim Patrick. So those are the guys like uh, we're going to be tracking through the off season. Yep. Obviously, Kareem Jackson, uh, they can bring him back for 2021. It's based, it's the it's under club option essentially. Uh, Twelve and a half or 12.8 million cap hit, 2.8 million dead if they cut him. So basically it's an out year for Kareem Jackson. It just depends on what they do there. Von Miller's in the final year of his contract, just a dead cap hit of 4.2 million, 22 million in Von stays. Uh, Juwan James is the second biggest cap hit on the team at 20 oh. or at uh, 13 million. And then if they cut him, it's 19 dead. So obviously I think they're going to keep him, but uh, you know, they've got to figure that out. And then Jarrell Casey, zero dead if they move on from him, but he is under contract through 2022 at 12 and 13 million, the next two seasons. So those are, those guys aren't like free agents, but there are, they're pieces the Broncos can do things with. Um, and I wanted to start there and just kind of see if you had any thoughts on any of those situations. Yeah. It's interesting because he's just not tied to those guys like we are Mm-mm. and like Elway is. And that's a good thing. I think probably to, to switch it up and, and get someone who's going to be objective about it. And it's good. Like a few of those moves are going to hurt our feelings. That's just how it goes. Yeah. A few of those moves are they're just gonna hurt our feelings. Yeah, absolutely. like we're gonna get upset if Philip Lindsay signs somewhere else. Um, we're gonna get upset if Tim Patrick leaves, even though that probably makes sense. It'd be better for him and it'd be probably make sense for the Broncos who spent the first and second on a wide receiver last year and are getting Cortland Sutton back. Um Simmons is is tough. Simmons is tough because you got a situation too where, you know, like GMs and coaches, uh, they head for a new team, but they know so much about their old team that they like to bring a couple guys from there. And you've got Anthony Harris, who is a, an unrestricted free agent this year. He's 29 years old. So you got, you know, you got possibilities there. You got a backup plan, maybe. Yeah, I think um, like. Maybe it's pro football focus in their top 50 free agents. I think Anthony Harris is ranked just ahead of Justin Simmons. So if like you're looking right. for the level that those guys are playing on, I think they're ranked like sixth and then seventh overall. That's a guy because of his relationship. Maybe he's like, let's just bring him over. Even though I think like he's going to be, I guess the only way you do that is if you, you know you can get him cheaper than you can get Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. You can get a few more, you know, really solid years of play out of him. Uh, but I think yeah. I'd still rather have Simmons, though. Yeah, I would too. I think Simmons is younger. Uh, like Justin Simmons is the most full package player you can ask for. He does everything well on the field, um, and he does everything right off the field. He's likable. He's important to the community. He wants to make a positive difference. He's a really, really good safety. He plays in coverage. He can tackle. Like it's just you don't you don't miss by signing him. 
Maybe yeah, you I overpay think... a, like a couple million dollars now, but what the fuck does that mean in the long term? Yeah, the you know, deals always end up being cheap by the back end of them. That's how it goes. Um, and I think there's something too, like having someone around that's been there for a while. Yeah. And has some longevity with the team. And, and that you draft you know, like this right? is right. Yeah, there's something to that. I don't know, like I don't have any evidence for this, and this is just total conjecture, but so the so the Browns played without Joel Batonio last week against the Steelers. And he was the, he was the longest tenured yeah. player on the Browns. Basically like he was like the connection to Joe Thomas back there. And he, they finally make the playoffs. They get a wild card game and he tests positive for COVID. He's not allowed to play. You think it like it meant something to the Browns to be like, all right, we have to win this game. So Batonio can get back and finally uh, experience a playoff game for the first time. I, I think those so. kind of, I think those things matter a little bit. Like they're not, you know, they're not the number one factor. Like obviously, there are times where you got to cut ties with the guy, regardless of how uh, well liked he is on the team or in the community. But I, I think it makes sense to keep around high character guys like that. And you got that. You got that on the uh, flip side of the coin with Von Miller, who uh, he's kind of hitting a low point <laughs> for the second time in his career in terms of popularity. Uh, I don't want to. I don't know if we should get into that too much because I really don't want to um, yeah. speculate on something that may or may not be true. And at the same time, like if it is true, it is words. It is just it's like words, words at the end of the business. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, actions. It's a shitty thing to say, and you and you shouldn't do that. Uh, but, you know, as long as he's, he's, like, not hurting anyone, it's best for us to stay out of people's personal lives. Yeah, it's a weird um, line that you kind of just have to draw. Like yeah, like- I get not putting him on Nickelodeon, however. <laughs> Oh, was he supposed to be on there? He was supposed to, yeah, to host the pregame for Nickelodeon. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if we could do that anymore, Vaughn. (laughs) With what you just said about kids. (laughs) Oh, shit. I didn't, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. fuck. That's funny. Uh, Okay. Here's a question. You got to keep Simmons or Von. You don't get. You have to pick between one of the two. Yeah. You go Simmons or you go Miller. I think it sucks to say this, but I'd probably go Simmons, just yeah, because. I would too. They, you've got two productive guys at edge rusher already. You could probably take one in the first round too if you want to. I just don't. It doesn't feel like there's any sort of depth there, at safety. And there's no backup plan. Like we saw no. the backup plan for a year, and it was Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb. And you drafted Chubb at fifth, because uh, knowing that this day would come, right? And Malik Reed, I think he led the team in sacks. Bradley Chubb uh, was, you know, made a Pro Bowl this year. I think he'll be even better a year removed from injury too. See, I, I think Von Miller would make the team better next year for sure. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. Like, 
I was looking it's, at. It's just a. It's a matter of trade-offs. I was looking at. Uh, okay, here we go. So Shaq Barrett's going to be a free agent, and that's obviously some guy. Uh, he's not some guy. It's a guy we've been following since he left Denver, right? Because yeah. he had that crazy season last year. This season, Shaq Barrett, eighty sacks, eighty total pressures. Bradley Chubb. Wait, did I say eight, eight sacks? Eight sacks, eighty total pressures. Bradley Chubb, eight sacks, fifty-seven total pressures. Von Miller, twenty nineteen, nine sacks, seventy-seven total pressures, and he missed two games. So, assuming Shaq Barrett's one phenomenal season is an outlier, that's the same production Von Miller was giving you before he got hurt, right? So, yeah, I, I my point is that. If Von Miller's healthy coming back, you're going to get good production out of him. Uh, and it's comparable to what maybe you can get on the free agent market for other edge rushers that I think you're going to have to over... Like if you were going to pursue Shaq Barrett, and the Broncos are not, but if they're going to, they would overpay for Shaq Barrett to probably get similar production that they're going to get out of Von Miller, assuming Von Miller, you know, plays like he did in 2019, which a lot of people felt like was a down year for Von Miller. So maybe there's potential he plays a little better, but like, I think if Von Miller comes back, he's good and it's impactful to the defense, but you're in this weird spot where what can you do with that cap space? If you do move on from him, can you get anything from him? And maybe you can make the team better without him. And I never thought I would say that, but it's just the way circumstances have led to this juncture with him, with his contract, with where the Broncos are at and a new direction they can be going. So uh, yeah, and that's I how, think he's that's less how new GM is going to look at it too. Yeah. He doesn't have those fond memories of, uh, you know, 2015 and, and Super Bowl 50. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, it's a, any, I doubt he's even met Von Miller yet. Like, it, it's just a name on a spreadsheet at this point. Yeah, and it's to him at least, not to us, but to him. Right. So it'll be interesting for sure. And big uh, decisions. Yeah, it's there's a lot of should <laughs> be a lot of decisions that I don't know. Make they're gonna feel. Like you said, it's just going to hurt your feelings. It's, like, yeah, it's, just, gone, like it's going to suck. I know. And like we might shed like, a tear. When he got pissed off about the restructuring his deal, you know, earlier this season when he was on 104.3, the fan, like if he wants to stay, that's probably what he's going to have to do, though. Right. And I'm yeah, not saying he's not open. Another. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not open to that either. But like going back to that moment, uh, that might be exactly what he has to do for the Broncos to, to keep him around. Just please, for the love of God, go to an NFC team. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah. That would be <laughs> like, if he went to Kansas city or something, some bullshit, he weird way he ends up there or, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Chiefs Derek would Wolf find a way to fit Raiders. him under the cap. Yeah. Derek Wolf doesn't, yeah, I mean, going to the Ravens doesn't really bother me. No. You know what else doesn't bother me? DraftKings Sportsbook. Will, while, while the holiday season may be over, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there's no shortage of action. 
And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? To celebrate this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend, and if your team wins, you cash a hundo. While we're all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has tipped off. So head to the app now and check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Got a tweet from, from Ben Albright per source. No decision regarding the Broncos QB position has been made. Yeah, no shit. Thank you. <laughs> I, I know where Ben's coming from because there's just like tons of speculation right now. Uh, yeah. But of course a decision hasn't been <laughs> made. I think he might be a little too plugged in to the lowest common denominator on Twitter. Ben? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he answers to the trolls. Yeah, nobody that listens to this show, of course. No, that's the highest common denominator. We got the high, high HCDF highest. We got the deep thinkers. Yeah, yeah. We got the deep thinkers. Um, Interesting idea. I will. Something I was pondering. Restricted free agents, right? You've got Lindsey, AJ Johnson, Tim Patrick. How many of those? You got to keep Johnson. Yeah. Can you tender Good two? Question. Or is it it's two, right? Can you use or can you only use one of the round tenders? I don't know how the tenders work. Let's just pretend like you have as many like tenders as you have draft picks. <laughs> I don't know. Like if you use a second uh, round tender on a player, can you not use a second round tender on another player? Like I don't know how it works. I would assume I would assume that's the case. Okay. Uh a Player with three accrued seasons and an expired contract. RFAs are free to negotiate and sign with any team, but the original team can offer them one of various qualifying offers, tenders that come with the right of first refusal and or draft pick compensation. That does not answer the question. No. Like I know what a restricted free agent is. I just don't know how a team can use its tenders. Um, But yes. Yeah, this is... Uh, of those guys you gotta submit them before march 18th that doesn't help either uh yeah alexander johnson's your top top restricted free agent you need to bring back yeah i think so i think so he's he's really good and he's so good that we kind of just like don't even talk about him yeah we talked about him early when like linebacker was kind of an issue and then when it became yeah because he came out of nowhere yeah (laughs) Um, so and we love, you know, osteoporosis bus driver. Yep. It's our favorite celebration. Sure. He hates the name. 
but will that does that mean we'll stop calling him that? Mm-mm. Hell no. It's um, not up for him to decide, unfortunately. Come on the show. My question for you is we and we touched on this last week, but I saw it again when I was looking through information. Philip Lindsay, but free agent running back Aaron Jones is out there. Not saying the Broncos would pay for another running back like Aaron Jones, but Philip Lindsay's another guy who it's going to hurt to see the Broncos let go if they do. I mean, he's Mr. Colorado. But if there right. was one free agent running back that would make me feel better about it, it is 100% Aaron Jones. <laughs> is that just an that. obvious thing? Is that something? Is that stupid to even say? Because it's, he just, like, Aaron Jones is a really good all around back. No, you're right. He is really good. And I think one of the things that held the Broncos back this year, and I don't know if it's a quarterback problem or a play calling problem or just like a philosophy thing, or maybe it's because Philip Lindsay's not uh, a very good receiving back, is they just don't get as much production in the passing game from their running backs as most other teams. And yeah. you kind of want – like you got to have a guy that can put up like at least 400 yards out of the backfield catching the football. And Philip Lindsay provides like close to zero value there. Yeah, it's like – it's the big flaw in his game. And it was it was also – the other thing – like and I know Lindsay had injuries throughout the season, right? Like mm-hmm. once he got that turf toe, he was just never really 100%. But it was it it was like when the Broncos adjusted their blocking schemes to match kind of Melvin Gordon's strengths. Melvin Gordon kept looking good, and it didn't seem like that sort of attack fit Philip Lindsay's running style. Yeah, once they started pulling guards and kind of like. I don't know, getting a little more creative and, and moving guys around for the running game. It didn't feel like Lindsay, or I don't know, maybe they just didn't call those plays for Lindsay. Cause yeah, I it felt know. like yeah. there were, there were like two or three games where it, they're just like sending him uh, right up the middle and he was hitting a brick wall after like zero or one yard. Yeah. It was strange. Know. Yeah. Because Melvin, that's when Melvin Gordon got really good. And I think the run game overall got better just because you know, they, they figured out what works with that team. And I think Munchak probably had a lot to do with that. I was like, these guys are athletic. You got to pull them and you got to move these guys and we got to get creative here. And feels like Pat Shermer finally listened. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, you're probably, it's a bad idea. I think to pay two running backs like second contract. Yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> Just draft a guy. Um, I was, and I was cool doing that with, with Melvin Gordon last year because he did have Philip Lindsay for next to nothing. Uh, and Lindsay's not going to be super expensive, but I just don't think it's a great place to allocate a lot of your money. But Gordon was worth it. That's for sure. Yeah, it just seems like the way the offense – and if the Broncos switch quarterbacks or something, then maybe you look at it different. But it feels like the way their offense runs now, Lindsey's less of a fit in it than he was before, which sucks to say. But you should be able to take a guy like Philip Lindsey and you should be able to find packages 
Yeah. No, you're that make him effective. That's totally right. if you if you can't get production out of a guy like Philip Lindsay and blame it on scheme, then you're not a good offensive coordinator. Oh, you know I'll agree with that, Will. Here's <laughs> the other thing that's interesting is Pat Shermer, his best season as offensive coordinator, the one everybody points back to. He was in How Minnesota with our new right. GM. They also moved on from Case Keenum after his best season. So the real question, if I were, if I could ask George Patton, general manager, generaling the Broncos, it, he's got to change it to Patton now that he's a general manager too. I mean, come Just on. Just go hard one way or another. That's all I ask. First question, what do you think of Pat Shermer? Second question, what do you think of Drew Locke? Third question, do you watch my show? Because that's where you're going to get the hot tips on how to make the team better. Mm. And as long as he answers the first two seriously, I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll know all the questions that you and I really want answers to that we can't get right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not going to have an answer on this until yeah. the quarterback thing is not going to be answered. Yeah. Well, the Shermer thing, we're not going to know until after next season. I don't think. No, I think he's not going to come in and fire Pat Shermer unless he really thought Shermer was bad with Minnesota, which I, I doubt was the the, the case. Um, we won't know one way or another about Drew Locke until after the draft, too. Or or during free agency. One of the well, two. yeah, we could, but his job won't be like safe until no, until after the draft. Yeah. And that's the thing, like. If the, I feel like the best thing that can happen for the Broncos is that four quarterbacks go before they even pick, which some people are saying could happen. That four could go top 10. Um, they think Lawrence Fields, uh, what's his name? Zach Wilson and Mac Jones? Not Mac Jones. Trey Lance. Uh, the Dakota guy. Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one's. Uh... I think it's a, I think it's a stretch. But Trey Lance one's a little sketchy to me. Well, I think anybody after Trevor Lawrence is a little sketchy. But I would say, like, if you're not getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, then there's a really good argument to be made that none of those guys have done enough at the college level to convince you that they have more of an upside than Drew Locke continuing to develop. Yeah, especially if you want to take a guy like Trey Lance. It's like, okay. Uh, he played in yeah, yeah, he played he played for North Dakota. And he had he had a game where or a season where he threw like I don't know how many touchdowns, a ton of touchdowns and not a single interception. But he only played one game this year. It's like I'm not Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I'm not like risking my job over that guy. Yeah. He might so be good. Yeah. It's just my, not enough of a sample size. My point is if that op, if there's not, a, if all those options are just gone by the time the Broncos pick at nine, that is the best situation for the Broncos because then they can instantly probably get their top target for however they want to improve their defense. So I'm assuming yeah. it's going to be corner, but um, a lot's going to happen before that. I think this, Hopefully it'll make the off season a little more interesting for the Broncos in terms of 
I don't know. I, I guess like it depends, like as a new GM, do you want to come in and right away start making changes or knowing that there might be an ownership change by next season that there's a chance LA's gone and Ellis is gone after, after this, do you play it safe now and kind of right. wait for 2022 20, to be when you start to make drastic changes? Like, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. I, I think that there's something to be said about the six year deal and job security. And if he blows it up with Locke and that ends up being the wrong pick or that that's the wrong decision and whoever he gets to replace him doesn't work out and maybe Locke flourishes elsewhere, that's going to be a huge like blemish on his early career as a GM. But if he rides it out with Locke and says, you guys already invested this much time, we should see this through until, you know, at least the end of three seasons and it doesn't work out. That's not really, that's not on him. I don't think. Yeah. That's unless, fair. Like really, unless there's like a guy that falls to nine and they, they pass on him and he ends up being really good. Then that might be on him, but uh, yeah, that'd have to be like what Zach Wilson falling to nine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, if he's there, then all bets are off. All bets off the table. If he does f- fall the nine, I don't know, maybe you trade out. Maybe you can get some good trade power there. I don't know. I will say, like, I think if he did make a quarterback change via free agency, it will look good, at least in the the short term. Because no matter how much I want to believe, like Drew Locke showed some signs of getting better at some things, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league for most of the year. <laughs> so, like, if by statistical measures and by the Broncos not winning games, and I'm not saying all of it's his fault, but like, if I don't know, you, you brought in somebody crazy, Matthew Stafford, obviously it would look better, but even if it's a lower lower key signing like Gardner Minshew. I think you're going to get better QB play maybe right away. And it looks good to start. And I don't know if that's the best answer in the the long term, but I guess like hoping Drew Locke plays really, really good next year feels like a, a scary bet to me. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's going to play worse than this year. No, I don't think he's going to play worse necessarily. Um, if you're betting on like a there's, Josh there's Allen, lots of things to say. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, like what's what's uh, an acceptable improvement to you for Drew Locke? Not a losing season. Yeah, but that's out of his hands. Isn't it? Like we saw, we were just talking about it. Kirk Cousins threw 35 touchdowns downs and 13 picks and they had a losing season yeah but they they also had like a shitty defense yeah i mean we saw what happens when half the team gets injured or opts yeah that's out. the thing that there's just uh, like there's so many x factors right now for the problem. i feel like we before the season a lot of people were being like yeah this season it's kind of a wash like it does, it shouldn't really decide a lot of people's futures because of extenuating circumstances. And now that we've made it through the season, people have forgotten that. And 
it's good to remind people that this season was yeah they they an were aberration injured. it's a total were... aberration it is that's fair not to twist everybody's mind into a pretzel again it's just these things i just want to be in the deserve playoffs. a lot of complex thought it i totally agree you know how fucking much it sucks? not even you know the playoffs would be great but how much does it suck like the last two weeks of the season knowing that most everybody is playing in a game that at least matters just to have a shot in the playoffs late in the season sound sounds uh like a sounds lot of fun. good yeah sounds good to me mm-hmm. all right that's enough it's enough this podcast is over good Thanks night for listening good night and good luck while the holiday season may be over the sports calendar is in full swing that's a swing from collegiate to professional sports there's no shortage of action and there's no better place to get in on all of this action than with DraftKings Sportsbook America's top rated sportsbook app if you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook what are you doing? To celebrate this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new players the chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. That's right, all you have to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend, and if your team wins, you cash $100. While we are all excited for football, let's not forget the 2021 basketball season has tipped off so head to the app store now check out all of DraftKings daily odds boosts DraftKings is safe secure and reliable making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got to be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.